I'm gonna trust the process. We'll see. Ooh, you want to try it one more time? You want to do second sticks? Oh, yeah, we'll do we second sticks. We never, yeah. we never, we've never bashed about second sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll pull the punch. Yeah, let's do. We'll do second sticks. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I might have gone like my hands might have been further apart. No, no, I don't. See, no, I think it was like the delay. I heard the sound. I didn't see it. Which might not matter. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Uh huh. Second set of sticks. Second one, six. two, three. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 93 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell us a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, the Jiminy Cricket to my tall tales. Most awesome. Is that- oh, I was got. Is that good? Is that, that works. Is that yeah, dis- yeah. on the Disney tip? I don't know. I was thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if you're going to go like, you know, my you know my Pluto to, you know, my Mickey or something like that. I really didn't know where you're going to go with that. Yeah, you know, I was working a little bit. Like, it kind of needs to be, I think it needs to be reversed a little bit. I, I was doing like, I was doing like a little Geppetto and Pinocchio, but then it made me sound like a liar. So I don't, I, that's that's what I went with, bro. That's what we're doing. Yeah, you know, like, we're not no, 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 it's it, solid. That's... It's strong, strong <laughs> intro. No, no one... I wouldn't want anyone to judge my outros. I certainly am not going to judge your intro. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Although your outro is just like it goes immediately into that awesome hip song. Like this intro hangs over me the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a wait. Uh, why don't you let people know this little flip of the script here. I'm in the Williamsburg studio, but you yes. are out on the road, sir. I am, I am in Mab Studios Orlando. That's mm-hmm. where I'm coming at you from the Disney tip. We got the kiddos here with... Uh, my sister-in-law and, and, and her brood and the in-laws, and we're all down here doing our very first or inaugural Disney trip, which I first of many, I'm sure. Oh, yeah? Home run? Home run so far. Two days in. Today's Saturday. is a, We're doing a little rest day, staying at the, the hotel in the pool, doing that whole thing. You know, let everyone kind of charge their batteries, uh, you know, from the, the chaos that is Disney. Okay, so what is the – I have been. I think I went for my first time three years ago. Um Shout out to the Doff. I'm not one of those adults that like to go to Disney by myself. Um, yes. It- <laughs> I have an opinion on that, but I, we also have listeners, so I don't want to. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. We won't get too big in the opinion. Like, do what you want to do. But is it – this is a legit question. I could see it being a little frustrating when bringing, like, your kids there and then the lines are all queued up and jammed up with just, like, adults enjoying rides. Like yes. if I don't see a kid like next to you holding it, like I would that that would really start to get underneath my fucking skin. The good thing is, is Disney, they're a freaking genius, and they have figured out like the way to make those lines. Obviously, you have fast pass too, yeah. which are a whole nother thing. But then, you, then when you get stuck in those those long ass lines, they've made it like interactive enough for kids and even adults say like, you know, it's the shiny nickel syndrome. It's like, what's in front of me here? Oh, let's take a look at this, and you're all kind of hurtling like cattle through this line. Mm-hmm. I think the longest line that we waited for was one of the Star Wars rides. And that was like 45 minutes-ish. And it was me, my mother-in-law, and then uh, an 8-year-old commission in 2.0. So it was like we had young ones in there. And it was a, a long 45 minutes. But they had like a refreshment station in there. And like a couple other things just like kept their interest. So it, 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 it kept it moving. It felt good. 
but I would say if I just saw a couple of adults just in there just going for a ride, it's like, is this for you? Who's this for? Come oh, on, yeah. really? Oh, man. We're, Although we're making some enemies right now, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> shit. Although I will say, like Universal Studios or whatever, I don't know the names of all this shit. Yeah, like that. It does. That's like the most like adult centric one that there is. There's plenty of drinks, cocktails. I understand why Super Dave Solinger, uh, guest and friend of the pod, helped me out quite a bit. A little preemptive MVP. He's not the full MVP, but he helped out as well. Well, shot. Um, uh, but I understand why adults can love it because there's a lot of stuff to do by yourself. And it would be if I didn't have like a, a three, five year old and a and a like an eleven month old. If our kids were like a little bit older, it would be awesome because we could then really like maximize the park. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, pop there. Uh, they serve drinks, so I'm in. That always helps everything. Yes. Uh, jam-packed episode 93. We're doing Riff from the Headlines. We're talking bottom quarterbacks. We're going to hit the inbox. Got to catch up a little bit. Got a full inbox. We'll go through three of those. Got to hit the top two, bottom two of the 2010s, that series that we're keeping strong as we close out this decade. This week, we're doing movies, and we're going to do the Neapolitan Showdown. We're talking best Christmas songs, and we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right. Uh, we're from the headlines. Bottom QBs. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? We're talking about it because I'm traveling and we didn't have any more current <laughs> events to talk about. Finally, an answer that is worth giving to that question <laughs> that I keep asking redundantly. Uh, yeah, we've had this skewed for a little bit. And uh, what better week when we don't have weeks to just pour over the headlines? Um, right. Okay, so right now, based on QBR, uh, if you need an update on what that is, listen to episode 92. Uh, yeah, get your shit together. here. Uh, based on QBR, the bottom five is Mason Rudolph, Kyle Allen, Andy Dalton, Jared Goff, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, and then the four after that, Sam Darnold, Gardner Minshew, Philip Rivers, Josh Allen. Um, the reason I kind of wanted to jump into this is because we look at so many of what's going right with quarterbacks and like kind of praising them and also uh, just kind of judging people's drafts and thrusting there too soon, which is kind of my big take on it. I want to talk about the bottoms because I want to see who you think is going to be able to rise up and if the league is going to be as good as the league was, you know, last year, this year, two years ago, as we Mm -hmm. see some of our main quarterbacks from another era, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees's coming into that kind of retirement uh, stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I looked at it, too, also uh, a little bit, uh, you know, play on the field obviously was important but i also looked about you know age and then their their actual contract right because i think that that kind of yeah great you know that that goes that goes into the value of the quarterback because you know obviously like ryan fitzpatrick not a great quarterback but relatively cheap and he's old so it's not like you know he's he's down there on the list but also if i'm I don't want to, you know, bury the lead here, but if I was like, you know, a team with like an upcoming quarterback that's just not performing, like, well, we we talked about Trubisky. Yeah, I'm sure he'll show up somewhere on the list. Um, 
that is something where it's like that's a much more dire situation quarterback wise you know the dolphins aren't really they're they're looking to the future the bears are like we thought we had our future and we missed that stings a little bit more i kind of moved i kind of factored that in yeah so that's uh that's great and i think that's what actually kind of hamstrings you right because i think ryan fitzpatrick is a great point because that is a stopgap, and it's like what's your game plan it's just like you know if this sam darnold if this whoever is the future but not really ready to kind of wheel him out there right now maybe even like a haskins or something it's just like do we have something that can kind of right a good leader and let him develop or is it throwing somebody out there too early and then just kind of watching them melt down which i don't think there's a great because i don't think mitchell trubisky is that example because it looked like his, his second year he was on the way up. And then there right. was just kind of this, like, dramatic drop-off. But then uh, maybe this pod is timed perfectly because we're awesome at potting. But after watching that, you know, that Thursday night game, yeah, I think that's what people were expecting. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. He's had two, you know, I would say better than average games uh, with Detroit and then uh, against Dallas. And it's like, oh, okay. Is this the ceiling? Because we've we've definitely seen the floor with Trubisky. So yeah. is this is what we were believing, and this is you know, you know, heading into the this pod football season, I was kind of thinking you know, hey, Trubisky is going to you know continue to grow, and that's that's kind of where I was thinking he was going, and then we just bottomed out really hard, and and that's kind of why this has always been on the forefront of our minds to talk about because. Trubisky is like the prime example of like a fan base going, hey, we are Super Bowl bound. We're of double doink field goal away. And now, holy shit, you know, it's like mid-October. What are we going to do now? Do we move on from this guy or not? You know what I mean? Yeah, I love the uh, Super Talk. Um, is Nick Foles good or is he not good? He's not and he's on my list. Someone decide this for me. Um, okay, um, and then... <laughs> My other question, would you want Jameis Winston on the Lions right now? Let's say Matt Stafford can't play mm. again. Do you take Jameis? Mm. Do I take Jameis? No, because I don't think – I think we've seen enough of Jameis. He's not leading you to a Super Bowl. Um, I think he is a, a below-average starting quarterback. I think he is in a team that's rebuilding, looking to pe- put the pieces together, and and he'll be like a – He'll be like a Fitzpatrick. He'll be a hired gun who can competently come in or maybe later on in his career serve as a, a quality backup. But I don't. I just don't think, think he is a super – same with like Mariota and those guys. Like I don't think he is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. That's right. INTs for order. What do you not? Got INTs here. Who needs INTs? Ooh. <laughs> INTs. You need an IT? You I'm got an IT. You got an IT. <laughs> INTs. Yeah, exactly. INTs here, there. Um, all right, brother. Well, I did ask you to put together a bottom five. Who do you got? Do you, okay, so let's. I'll run down my list here, yeah. and I'll, I'll I'll just I'll run through them. Uh, fifth worst to first worst, right? So the the very bottom of the league. Yes. Okay, and then I I, I just so the audience remembers age, play on the field, and then the 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 contract is how I factored in. Yep, here. yep. So my That's smart contract my, is good. My, my my fifth worst, Carson Wentz, twenty seven years old, fifth highest paid QB. Uh, it gets pretty expensive in the next couple years here. Then I went with. Whoa, my wait, wait, wait. Fourth... So I, I want to talk through each one. I want to talk through each one real fast. Oh, you want to talk through each yeah. one? Okay. So, uh, did the Eagles get it wrong? What was all the Carson Wentz hype? Like, what happened? What went wrong? 
Uh, I think physically he broke down. I mean, he had the the twenty sixteen or or twenty uh, shoot. I mean, yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, I mean, pick, pick a year he played. That's not this year. Then. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Twenty seventeen year where he was kind of MVP bound. Then he tore his ACL against the Rams, and then Foles came in there and picked up where he ran off or left off. Um, he just hasn't been a hundred percent there. Got banged up the following year, and then this year has just been you know a a lot of hero ball, if you will. Yeah, he's not taking the easy throws. He hasn't had great wide receivers, so um, yeah, I can't totally put it on him. But all the di- all the dissension in the the Philly clubhouse too is something that really like a, a quarterback. It's a red flag, right? Mind, it's a red flag. And at first it was him. Guys were revolting against, you know, Wentz. They didn't like him. They thought he was a prima donna. They thought he was, you know, somebody who, who looked at himself higher than the rest of the team. And then it's continued on. It got kind of poo-pooed. And then it's been continuing on over this last couple of years. They haven't been winning. Yeah. And it just it just kind of looks to me. It's like, all right, we have sunk in. Um, he's He, you know, signed an extension for four years, uh, $128 million. Um, and it kicks in. It becomes it becomes you know a, a point of of contention for them. You know, are they just going to have to middle through with Carson Wentz? Um, and you know, he's had the stress fracture in the back, the torn ACL. You know, the wide receivers, and and it's one of those things where it's like it's not a great QB situation for them. But they're he's young enough, but he they're invested in in, in on him. You know, till twenty twenty three, basically. Yeah, I think you're super smart by kind of waiting the contracts and just kind of have this conversation. I think I know a player that's coming up soon, but we'll we'll see when we yeah. get in there. But it's like, uh, <laughs> did um, I tip my did I tip my list? <laughs> yeah, it, you're right. Like some of these guys put themselves in a tough. Uh, these franchises put themselves in a tough position to try to, even though I think you know uh, three four years ago, you know you want to talk like seven years ago when the Vikings kind of gave Donovan McNabb that huge extension and contracted me jack shit. And now, mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, the NFLPA, like the players and everything, get a little hip to that. And so a lot more of this money is guaranteed. So you are, like, kind of married to this guy, which is yeah. Carson Wentz thing. And I just want to say this on a side note, too. Nothing gets me more excited than when somebody comes in with this attitude that they're above everything and then they fucking fail. Does that make me a shitty human pie. being? Does that? Yeah, there's a little schadenfreude in there. Little, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, maybe, I guess, because it's just like the Johnny Manziel, like the money thing. And it's just like, oh, watching yeah, yeah, him yeah. get like sacked and like his helmet flying off and just like drug yeah. problems. And you're just like, perfect. F- firing change at him. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's your money, bitch. You fucking yes. toll booth operator. All right, who do you got for number four? <laughs> number four, uh, we talked about him. You uh, very insightfully pointed this Ooh. out. Is this guy a good quarterback? I'm going with one Mr. Matt Ryan. Oh, 34 yeah. years old, sixth highest paid QB in the league. The Falcons obviously having a dog shit year. Yeah. We know Tom Brady and the Patriots broke them in that Super Bowl way back when. They can't come up for air until 2022-2023 the Falcons. He is, he signed a a deal in 2018, 5 years, 150 million dollars. He is 34 years old. Here are the ages from 35 to 38. Here are what they're paying him. Here's what they're paying him. 33 million, 36 million, 36 million, 31.7 million at 38 years old. Um, Also this, you mentioned that, is he a good quarterback? And I looked back and I was like, I don't know. Is it the chicken or the egg? He's always had an all pro wide receiver dating back to when he was a rookie with Roddy Roddy White, White, pro bowl, 
Julio Jones. He's had Tony Gonzalez. He has had weapons and guys to throw to. So is it the chicken or the egg? Is he, if you put him on Jacksonville, or if you put him on Buffalo, yeah, which would which, he uh, which Atlanta would love to do. Tell your story. Right, right. They like to move him. <laughs> yes, exactly. They like to just move on from that whole regime. Would he be the like prolific stat guy? Because his stats aren't terrible, yeah. but you—he's the consummate, you know, good stats, bad team guy, or or Jump bad stats him. or good stats when it doesn't matter. Carson Wentz, by the way, is kind of venturing it. He's going to take the 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 helm for uh, uh, Matt Ryan in that respect too, because he kind of gets him from way behind and then brings him back up, almost to be you know within like a touchdown when it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. Matt Ryan, my number four. I just uh, looking back at it, I think you're you're adept at it. He's I don't think he's that great of a quarterback, and certainly situation, play, and where they're at going for the future, not a good not a good fit for them. Yeah, I think eventually you have to. Uh, I don't. I think we talked about it. I know we talked a little bit on the pod. There was a text thread also that we're talking about where you know kind of uh, twelve of our friends were debating just one day if Matt Ryan was elite, and everybody was just like. It was a foregone conclusion that it was like a yes. And I was just like, yeah. everyone like slow down. Like, but I'm not saying I, like, I would keep Kirk Cousins over Matt Ryan. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is in Atlanta. I really don't. I think Matt, right. I, I want to make Matt Ryan like a top seven guy. And in my head, like right. everything on paper, like it, it has a look for it. There's bonehead errors, but that's not even the, I mean, I'll take that. Like, you know, you do Brett Favre or whatever. Like, there are great guys that make those kind of bonehead plays. He seems like he has every, checks all the boxes. I just, go back to that fucking Super Bowl, man. Something Mm -hmm. broke these guys. And teams tend to take on, right or wrong, the personality of the QB. I mean, that's why the QB is such an, an important role in the NFL. Uh, and probably in professional sports. It's probably one thing that's like these teams, you know, kind of surround themselves around these these certain personality types and they kind of form around that. And if you have a guy like Matt Ryan or a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who's, you know, good, nice guy, but we've always kind of heard those knocks. Like, do they have that, I won't let us get beat? You yeah. kind of have to have a little bit of that asshole to keep everyone in check. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like the... the- the Tom Brady thing real fast. I mean, it's like, Tom, I don't yeah. think when Tom Brady goes off on his guys on the sidelines, like we saw in that Sunday night Houston game, that's not an act. I think that guy legit wants to fucking win as much as make fun of him for his like GQ shoot and not knowing, like being dressed by his wife and everything. Like mm-hmm. he like legit wants the W and I just, I don't, Matt Ryan is the more I kind of watch him and stuff. He seems like, yeah, uh, my job. Oh yeah. I'm a quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. And it's just, it's kind of like, like literally picturing picture this in your brain audience like matt ryan shows up and he's like the kind of quarterback that punches in a time card it's just like right. oh okay uh, it's time to go to work and then when i'm done with work i clock out and he's not like the obsessive like peyton manning like can't stop watching film yeah matt ryan is the consummate mid-management person that you want to hire in there he's like fully competent very capable of what you're going to do but is he going to be the ceo i don't think so yeah but he's going to do well in his little branch and he's going to be fine and put up good numbers and all that good stuff well this is the most awesome sports purgatory we need to do like a little like a sports purgatory (laughs) shelf or whatever we'll do most awesome sports purgatory shelf the first thing we're putting on there we officially have it we are setting matt ryan sports purgatory shelf i like it i like it we got a new thing that's how new things happen folks number three who do you got 
we, we, we just fly through it. Number three, uh, I'm going to go with one Mr. Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Obviously, he's young, a favorable contract, four years, $29 million. They only have one year left at $9.2 million, which is like 4.5% of the cap. So not bad. You know, and we mentioned that the Detroit Dallas games was, you know, kind of a like, hey, this could be good. But we also are gonna forever his name is gonna be Sam Bowie for the rest of his eternity in, 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 in professional sports as Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. They they drafted him in front of it. Again, right or wrong, does it matter? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, but it's wrong it's wrong. But yeah. It is wrong, right. It is wrong. Revisionist history will make it wrong. Um the fact of the matter is, is is it is it part of his, is it is it his cross to bear? He you know he didn't do that. Absolutely. They just drafted him. He tried to go out there and put it, but he will forever carry that. Yeah. In in his career, I think we talked about it on the pod also. Maybe it was like um, like if he got drafted a year later, and then like now he's being compared to what like Sam Darnold and like Josh Allen. Like it's just sure. like yeah. And also he came out of it like whatever like he can't go back and change the past and it just like it it fucking sucks to have you know it's the opposite of the aaron Rodgers thing with the chip on the shoulder it's like right. what's better to have the chip on your shoulder and like live up and be like you guys all fucked up or is it be like i gotta live up to the expectations like i came out early i'm drafted way up here like i'm going to like a middle league franchise i gotta turn it around uh do we see like I, a little bit go ahead buddy no i was gonna say to answer your question it, me personally okay. i would want to be on the la- I'd rather be the chip on it. You doubted me. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. Versus the exp- the bar has been already set for me, and I have to attain that. That's a tough – for me, personally, that's a tough position to be in. Yeah, you're right. I don't even think it's for you personally, right? Because it's just that chip on the shoulder. It's like worst-case scenario, like you just meet the expectation of what everybody thought. Like, right. Best-case scenario for Mitchell Trubisky is he's better than Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. <laughs> like it's right, just, right, like, yeah. That's uh, – so um, do we have a little bit of a Jameis Winston situation here with Trubisky where we're going to see flourishes and then like Chicago not going to be quite confident enough to cut the ties? That's the thing too, right, because he's coming late in the the season here. Yeah. They're still relatively relevant in the playoff picture. Uh, the Dallas win is is something that, you know, I mean, we've seen lesser quarterbacks. Well, I shouldn't say lesser. We've seen quarterbacks get paid on small sample sizes of work. So yeah. he very well could be in that group. And Chicago, that's why I put him at, at this position here. The third worst is you don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a risk either way. You could cut ties with him and let him go, and then you let an asset go with no real return whatsoever. Or you could lock him up like some of the guys, like like a Carson Wentz, and got, you know be stuck in this middle ground of like, this guy isn't just going to get it done. Mitchell Trubisky, right? It's like risky. Risky, yeah, right. Trubisky. Too risky. Trubisky. I thought you said you were all right. I thought you said, oh, man, that's early pod. That's tough. We were so much younger then. I was. I had one I less mustache. All right, what do you got for uh, number two? Number two, we, we talked about him, Big Dick Nick, out of uh, Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Four years, $88 million. He's 30 years old. He uh, is owed $21.8, $26.8, and $27 million uh, in the next few years. He can't even, they can't even come up for air. Uh, they'll basically in two years have $14.3 million 
of uh, free cap space if they cut him in two years. That's about the earliest they could cut him. Obviously, he's been benched by uh, the the head coach there, replaced by, you know, late-round draft pick Gardner Minshew, Mm -hmm. uh, who you share a mustache with. <clears throat> yeah, and it's like, and again, we talked about small sample sizes. Here's a guy that basically is 2013 season and his 2017 Super Bowl run, uh, basically like 16, 17, 16 to 20 games, got him the the deal in Jacksonville. Yeah, we see that a little bit. Like, I'm trying to figure out what, because I was a Nick Foles proponent. So I, I want to say this real fast with kind of Nick Foles doing his thing and getting benched and Minshew taking it over and amount he's getting paid. I, it kind of feels like this generation, a generation is probably too long of a term, but it's like uh, Jake DeLome, right? You remember him bouncing yeah. around and just snatching up yeah. contracts wherever he went? I think one year he's getting paid by three different teams. It was like the Panthers, right. Browns, and he was like the highest paid quarterback. Um, I really thought, I, I expected more for Nick Foles. But it's what is it about these small sample sizes? Is it that they get figured out? Is it these athletes are preparing for some teams, like not preparing for others? Or I I just don't understand. And it, like we kind of see this happen. What's the other backup quarterback that just? Oh, uh, like Kyle Allen. Like we see some of these guys come in and it's just like, yeah. oh, they're setting the world on fire. And then it's always around like that four or five game mark where it's just like. Oh, do you remember like legit people talking about like, oh, Kyle Allen, this is perfect, like time to move on from Cam Newton, and now that seems yeah. like you're a fucking crazy person. Yeah, exactly. I think, and I think it's such like a, you know, professional athletes are all like routine and rhythm based, right? And I think sometimes you get into. We've seen it in basketball. We have the Jeremy Lin effect. You see it in baseball. Guys get red hot, you know, and then just fall off the cliff. It's one of those things where it's like. I think sometimes athletes just kind of the the you know the situation the their their kind of conditioning their peak physicality their mental state everything is like in perfect alignment. It's odd, honestly, to see a guy like Nick Foles who have it lose it and then come back to a situation and kind of rekindle it a little bit. Yeah, I'd be I'm you know going through the rolodex. It's hard to kind of figure out who would do that. But I do think it's like sometimes just the situation, environment, the personalities can Brett, kind of Brett coax. Park did it. Brett Favre did it, uh, left the Packers, went to the Jets, failed. Wasn't great. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. Um, I was thinking more on like a short sample size. So obviously, Brett Favre had a longer sample size. We knew what he was. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, in, that's, good. The that's good. You know what like, I mean? Yeah, I think this is this is almost like the Nick Foles sample size. It's just like, can you yes. Nick Foles this? Where you're just like, yeah, right. you look amazing, you kind of lose it, you come back, you look amazing, and you kind of lost it again. Right, exactly. Maybe Sam Bradford in that. I mean, because Sam Bradford bounced around a bunch, but yeah. his his interval was so up and down. But anyways, we don't have to figure it out here, Potty. No, that's what King we're here, here. for. Can, we're going to figure oh, out, like, just listen to fucking silence while Most Awesome and I crack this case. Right, exactly why the fucking hard drive just goes uh, and tries to figure it out. Um, but either way, it's one of those things where it's just like it's the, the, the whole athlete sliding door things like just one thing here or there makes or misses on these guys situation. The, the, the you know, Doug Peterson's a very favorable quarterback guru in Philadelphia. Maybe he coaxed it out of him and then it goes off and he's not in a situation. And guys are kind of rhythm based. You know, rhythm, rhythm based. It's like I'm feeling it. I feel good. I play to the you know upper tier of my potential just like at the blackjack table right yeah you're feeling it you got a good dealer you like the environment you got the the right amount of liquor flowing through you i love it boom blackjacks are coming up you you're not in that same thing you got a fucking shitty dealer 
game over. Lights out. I love. I like. I, I want to. If I'm not so lazy on the edit, I want when you're just like quarterbacks are rhythm based. I want to put in. And this is the rhythm of the night. Just like a little quick. Little <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you're in Florida. That makes sense. Um, yeah. All right, brother. Uh, your top spot. Who do you got? We are up against it. Uh, but up time against well spent. it. Yes. But time. This well is rich. Spent. Rich ripped. Oh, rich ripped. Uh, obviously, I think the guy who you thought was coming was Jared. Jared Goff. Goff. Man, you were talking 25 about, like, years old. Married to Oof, somebody. Tough. Oof. Tough, yes. Fourth highest paid quarterback in the league. I, he's only 25. Uh, you mentioned QBR at the top of the show and passer rating. He is 30th in the league in QBR, 25th in the league in passer rating. Uh, his rookie season was not great. We had two solid uh, you know, Pro Bowl-esque seasons and kind of thought, oh, well, Sean McVay is his quarterback guru, this offensive genius. This year, 13 TDs, uh, 12 INTs as you're listening to this. Here is his deal what? In, 20, in 2020. This is rough. $36 million. 2021, 32 and a half. 2022, 30.5. 2023, $30 million. 2024, $26 million. Now, their cap relief, basically next year, if they get got rid of them, they don't get anything. They're actually $15 million in the hole. 2021, and they get about $17.5 million free if they let them go. Twenty and a half, twenty five, and then finally twenty twenty four, twenty six million dollars if they just cut them outright. So where are I mean that's the thing is is does Sean McVay, does anybody from this Rams club do they survive to twenty twenty four at this point? To to restart it with golf. Yeah. Or restart the whole golf tenure. So here's why so many people would like to time travel. It's all the rage. Yes. People would love a time machine, <laughs> love to be able to see the future. Right. Like, guys, you cannot fucking forget a year ago at this time, like, every GM in the league was searching for who does Sean McVay know, who's in his coaching tree, what context yeah. does he have, who's he talking like, Jared Goff, like, finally paying off. And it's, it's not only not panning out, like, they, the weird thing about this is also it was avoidable. Like, this contract didn't have to be signed. And it's also right. like this franchise, so it just shows you where a little bit in the office is where you build a team also on the fact of not have to pull a trigger. I know it means a lot to pull a trigger with somebody and give them like that big fat contract, but just wait shit out. Because now it's like, Goff, you want to talk about a guy punching a time card. Like, Goff looks like he just like woke up from surgery like all the time. Like, he just has this <laughs> fucking look on his face. Like, he doesn't want going on and doesn't give a shit. And it, it was a system, and... Is he a system quarterback, and is this system being found out? Or do you think – because golf def- definitely doesn't have that thing I know that you were talking about, which is just like, I got to win. My head's going to explode if I don't win. It's more of like he looks so befuddled. Of He's got an arm, but he looks befuddled on why it's not working out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, too. It's like he is – He looks a little victim-y. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, in, in – in, at Cal, when he was a quarterback at Cal, it was one of those same things. Like, highly touted, comes in, you know, freshman, take the reins, he shows potential, brings it up, and then it's like, oh, his senior year, kind of like, well, is he this best? Like, you know, and he kind of hits this, the draft class where it's like, all right, well, quarterbacks are overvalued, and then we've got Jared Goff, and we have Carson Wentz coming out. Well, the Rams need a quarterback, but is he a number one guy? It's not like we've always looked at him, and it's like he's talented, he's got enough to be a professional quarterback. But does he have that nth degree of 
He's going to bring a chip here. He's going to win it. He's going to, at all costs, he's going to galvanize the, the, the franchise and bring it home. I just don't see it. I think it's like, no. I mean, it's almost like he's like a, a robot. It's like, it's all right. Well, I have to play action. I do this. Here are my two reads. And then that's yep. that. And then after that, it's like, well, I don't know what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to to the guys around me to sit there and make them believe in me so we can run through a wall. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly what it is. That's a great description. You walk and watch him play, and it's just like, does drop back, read one, read two, try to force, like, read three if it's not there, like, go back, and it's yeah. just like, if it doesn't work out, he just, like, undoes his chin strap and, like, walks to the sidelines. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what Sean told me to run. I don't know what, what do you want from me. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, it's almost like passing the buck, and it's just like, when if I, man, it's impossible to see them going back to the Super Bowl, which is crazy because they were, like, two to one favorites to win the division. Right. Nuts. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to think because they were the the changing of the guard. Yeah, yeah. This is why this is why the NFL football is so interesting, and why people always wonder like, why do you pay attention to football? Because the windows are so tight, and the 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 missteps even by the front office are so like in hindsight, you look at it and like that's a terrible move. In the yeah. moment, you're like. They're being calculated. They're being smart, and they're locking up a young asset early because they don't want them to go to free agency and have a ton of leverage in the contract negotiation. And then we're like, you know, Dallas with Dak Prescott, and they're like, oh, I want $40 million. Well, we'll just sit and wait. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I think, and also if, I think they're they're undervaluing. See, that's why I want to do it in this front office because you're undervaluing a little bit of the quarterback believing in the system and wanting to be there. Like, nobody wants to pack their fucking bag. So even, even if it is that hometown discount or whatever on, like, who drafted you, right. I still think you got that. Like, don't rush it. That's why the Cowboys, for... Well, I, it's hard to give the Cowboys a compliment after, like, giving Zeke that huge fucking contract or whatever, but it's right. still, like, kind of holding tight on Dak Prescott. Yeah, no, they set firm, and I think I think he's a he's a very good quarterback, but is he, he's not a $40 million quarterback. No. And we've seen it over time, and he he has to have assets around him to be successful. Holy shit, man. Oh, man, was this Woo. this entire Rich, podcast going to be ripped from the headlines? I could talk about more more shitty quarterbacks. What's wrong with Philip Rivers? We can't answer that. There's no time. Let's go in the inbox. Um, <laughs> all right. Every last head coach and assistant in the NBA dies in a boating accident. Who do you hire to take over the top four teams and the bottom four teams in the standings? All right. Top teams, we have Lakers, Clippers, Celtics, Bucks. Bottom, we have Knicks, Cavs, Hawks, Warriors. All right. Uh, this is a little fun. I mean, besides the fact of everyone uh, dying in a boating accident. Yeah, uh, what boat were they? Are they like a carnival? Are they all on the like, same boat? Up? Is it like a speedboat yeah. race? Did or was there yeah, like I'm a not really sure. perfect storm on like the Atlantic Ocean? I, I don't know. What Ooh, happened. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, that's, that's not that wasn't clarified in the email. That we wasn't. just don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Okay, so they're just they're all we're focusing on, on the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> What's the boat? We break that entire thing down. Don't even do the coaches. Um, all right, so this will be fun. Who's your Coach for these, let's do the bottom teams first. The Knicks, who do you got? Ooh, um, I, if I went with a player, uh, we would have to go obviously from the, the Georgetown ranks. You pull Patrick Ewing back up, but I did kind of like film coming to life, art imitating life, and maybe Whoopi uh, Goldberg will come back in, kind of like a little Eddie reboot. Nice. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I love that. I did. Um, everyone refuses to take the job until the owner <laughs> sells the team. Yeah, did that. James just, Dolan's good. Yeah, ex- right. exactly. It's kind of freeze him out like a little um, just picket line. All right, uh, Cavs. Who do you got? Ooh, um, I don't think 
John Beeline, and obviously he perishes in a horrific boating accident. I don't think he's on the chopping block just yet, but Dan Gilbert's son, the owner's son, who's been like the the trophy piece to roll out for the the lottery drafts that they have had many, many times. Um, Drew Carey is obviously a Cleveland <laughs> guy. I like him. And then I'll go with the former player, go Mark Price, uh, point guard back in the 80s. You know, he... Uh, He's a solid guy, solid guy. So in this, uh, the experiment in my scenario keeps going on, can we put this uh, guy that doesn't know anything in multiple coaching situations? And we'll give it to Freddie Kitchens. He Ooh. already lives in town, and he'll just have to drive to a different <laughs> stadium. The, the first dual head coach <laughs> NFL, NBA. I like it. I like it. All right, uh, Atlanta Hawks. Oh, obviously, Dominique would be up for the position, but what if we gave it to Outcast? Oh, ATL, big boy, Andre three thousand, have a little cultural roots. I like it. Um, I give it to Julio Jones. Uh, he's got time. Not catching touchdown passes. Just go <laughs> ahead and coach the Hawks. Uh, yeah, December's open for them. <laughs> the Warriors. Uh, I'm going to go with Stephen Jack, Captain Jack, mm. right? That guy going into the, you know, guys will follow him because he's he's willing to go into uh, the Palace Stadium and uh, and uh, just unleash on some uh, poor unfortunate souls there. Guys will follow him. I like him. He's not afraid to call dudes out. Uh, I like Captain Jack. All right, I went with. Um, I want to do Steph Curry, a little player coach situation. The player coach. Yeah, the player yeah, coach. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, let's try that out. Yeah. Like he's injured a little bit. Like kind of runs the team anyway on the floor. Really figure out how valuable an NBA coach is. That's still like up in the air. All right, uh, top teams. <laughs> Lakers, who do you got? Kobe obviously would fight for that position, you killing so? everyone for it. Yes, I think so. And then he just wanted to come back and play. But uh, if you wanted to go pop culture, let's roll Jack out there. Lakers don't need anybody to coach them. LeBron's being the coach on the floor. Let Jack just sit there and rah-rah. Oh, that's good. He's already got the chair close enough. He just moves like exactly. one seat over, and he's there. Set. Right. I got they get Phil Jackson back. This is perfect time for Phil Jackson to walk Ooh. in. The Lakers are looking good. He's just like, I can use one more ring. It's like Phil Jack, yeah. Phil Jackson just nodding off in the chair, <laughs> just falling asleep. Uh, Clippers. Uh, obviously, I can't go with the, the turncoat Clipper Daryl. Uh, so I'm going to go with Billy Crystal. I had big, Billy. Big, big. I had Crystal on my list, but I replaced it with pod friend and three-time guest Tom Fleming. Oh. Take the reins, bro. There you go. See what you would do, sir. Uh, Celtics. Um, so there's a, uh, a terrible movie called Celtic Pride. And so I figured Daniel Stern and Dan Aykroyd could just roll it back out because they were big Celtics fans. Why not? Man, Let's do it. We were so locked in on that. But I did give it to, uh, I thought about that, but I gave it to uh, Bill Simmons. Sports podcast. Let's yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh look at that. That's, that's the obvious choice. Might be. Oh, man, my bad, be. Like, kissing ass to the ringer but we'll do it we're available <laughs> a little redundant but we'll get it on uh all right and bucks bucks so i really wanted to go with karan butler because he's from the milwaukee area i, I think he played one season for milwaukee doesn't really have a time but i love karan butler's nickname tough juice i think players will get behind it if not that then let's go alice cooper I don't think he was ever born in Mil- Milwaukee, Milwaukee, but he has the Milwaukee. <laughs> but he's got the great scene, so that's all I think. That's what I brought up right now. Man, we're oh, we're getting locked up, buddy. Uh, all right, I had uh, yeah, Giannis player coach again. I like yeah. to exploit these things on just like proving how valuable to be coaches. Um, all right, brother, we got time for whatever. We'll just keep doing it. All right, what's the worst scandal in the modern history of sports, and was it worth it? 
Yeah, in modern sports, it's a good question. So I mean, you you have a lot. Obviously, the nineteen. When you look back at it, not a lot of these scandals that come to fruition. Maybe Lance Armstrong, but not a lot of them like play out. Like you've got the nineteen nineteen Black Sox. They lost the World Series. Uh, Tanya Harding obviously didn't win any gold medals or any medals at all. Yeah. Uh, the SMU Mustangs never won. The death penalty football team never won a national championship. Uh, Danny Alamante from the Little League World Series, 14 years old. He only came in third place. So I looked at, like, it's, college is the only ones where you vacate it. USC winning the championship in 2004. The Reggie uh, Bush incident. Yeah. They paid him whatever, but, like, they vacated the wins. But was it worth it? Yeah, because it didn't really change what happened on the field. I get it. He was ineligible, but they still whooped the shit out of everybody on the field there. You know what I mean? It doesn't really change it. Louisville lost it in their their 2013 college basketball title because of the allegations from the assistant coach paying groupies to have sex with players or recruits and stuff like that. But that's really it. I mean, so is it worth it? I mean, unless it doesn't tie or tear at the sanctity of the game or the sanctity of the sport... It probably, you know, college basketball, if you're just paying guys illegally, like, it, yeah, sure, if you win a championship, who cares? Yeah. Uh, we'll jump into this. Uh, so I want to, we're up against it, and I just, I thought of a new segment. So we have, uh, we have the most awesome purgatory shelf. Yes. We have that. It's just Matt Ryan. We're not going to throw a bunch of shit up there. Like, we want to make sure if you go on the shelf, you don't come off the shelf. You're up on the shelf. Exactly. Uh, so I'm gonna... my, my, my fandoms are the nails in the foundation that holds those shelf <laughs> exactly, up. Exactly. Uh, so I'm gonna, next week I'm going to roll out um, – I'm going to do Brandana Cliff Notes, and I'm going to cover some like kind of sports things that are just kind of outside of our mind and go back and review them. Because I want to talk about Deflategate because mm. there's a lot of shit going on Deflategate, and I don't want to step on the lead. So I, I'll come back to that next week. Um, that was my big thing, and I, I don't want to get this podcast dark at all, but I still have to bring up if we were talking about like scandals. It's insane that there was a – was Aaron Hernandez Pro Bowl level? Yes. In near, yeah, and that there was just like a, like a murderer playing like professional sports. That's like that's yeah. like it's insane. Like to right. just think of like there's it's kind of like unparalleled. Right. It's also like uh, Baylor basketball and Patrick Denny. Not Patrick. Patrick. Oh, drink everybody because right. I've been drinking. But anyways, Carlton something or other murdered a player too. I mean that's like an, like that's crazy. That's just yeah. It's, uh, it's it's nuts and kind of like. And obviously, those those things are obviously never worth it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that stuff's never going to be worth it. But anyways, and digress. Okay. Uh, I know. I even <laughs> uh, I just like this doesn't fit the flavor of our pod. Yeah, yeah. We uh, just deflate gated our pod yeah, right there. I can't wait to edit that out. Um, all right. What's worse, a bathroom <laughs> attendant or realizing there's no toilet paper in the stall after a number two? This is hard for me to pull the trigger on because you know, I do not like toilet talk. No need for Yes. That. Yeah. No bathroom humor for Brandana. So here's the thing. Bathroom attendant, uh, I don't get it. I never really did get it. I don't think anyone really gets it. I I think it was like kind of an idea that wasn't fully fleshed out. And then it was kind of like. Mm, sure, nice pun. I like it. <laughs> fleshed. Fully fleshed out. Oh, fleshed I think you said fleshed out. out. Oh, so my bad. My bad. Uh, like, I honestly, I'd rather. Um, I said some notes here. Get rid of the bathroom attendant. Don't have it. It's always a surprise. If it's a consistent thing across the globe, like fine, like whatever. Yeah. That's just kind of its thing. It's just like there's door guys, there's bathroom tenant. But it's always like it's it's kind of surprising. It's just like oh shit, like there's somebody fucking in here. Uh, nobody has cash yeah. anymore, so I don't know how to tip them. 
I, I don't like anyone yes. just kind of like tracking my moves in the bath. I, I'd honestly, I'd rather have like my waiter check in on me in the bathroom, being like, "Everything okay in here?" Because like I don't need the. It, I don't need the introduction to just kind of like the new person. It's just like who all is on like what's going on to my restaurant experience you're, here. You're feeding me and seeing <laughs> the results of that. I don't all need right. this. Okay. Oh, that's sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, the bathroom attendant is by far the most uh, awkward interaction that there is because he's just sitting there. Everything that he's doing, I can do for myself. I don't exactly. need mints. I'm certainly not thinking about gum or candy yeah. after I did what I did. There's always something bizarre in his tray. Also, there's like a pair of sunglasses or it's just like, I don't need like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> what, a what foam finger. It's like, what's up with this? Um, but yeah, cologne. Who's spraying cologne in a bathroom? Yeah. Like, oh, who, you know, who got it, halfway it, through the meal and it was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah hit, me, hit me with that. I'm ripe. It is definitely a vestige of the past. I, I, I agree. And you're right. Uh, I, I'm surprised that bathroom attendants haven't like modernized and like gone with the, the Square app, right? Yeah, I still don't really know what the the career path. Is. I'm not joking to like bathroom attendant. Like, is it green card? That's the. That's, I mean, is it squatted <laughs> upon? Like, is everyone just like yes? Like, do you hire? Does the restaurant hire bathroom attendant, or do they just kind of let it happen? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, is it a little bit of like. Like is hey, it this just guy's like, just been hanging out in the bathroom for a week. <laughs> well, no, I mean, set up shop like, in there. Yeah, I've, I'm not comparing it's a TJ it to TJ Fridays. Like, yeah, I, I'm comparing a little bit to just kind of like those fringe business, like the hot dog cart outside of a stadium. Like the stadium is a higher than they don't get it. Like they're not safe to be there. There is a, like I, I've I've actually worked for a third party valet service, so I wonder if the bathroom attendants are a third party service where somebody has guys who just hang out in shitters all day and, you know, well, 1, goes and brings their worst. 1,000%. Yeah. I, I just don't picture, like, the manager of a steakhouse being like, all right, like, uh, our hostess quit. All right, we need to get a new hostess. Like, we're good. Like, uh, four servers, our bathroom attendant, they in place. Like, uh, like I just, I, it doesn't seem like, and I've worked in restaurants before. It doesn't just, I've, yeah. I guess I haven't worked in a restaurant with a bathroom attendant. Ooh, maybe we should just apply to ones. And find out, get the inside scoop. Really crack this bathroom attendant mystery open. All right, I'm gonna no. put it on the Brandana clip notes. I'm curious. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> what's the worst? Uh, I mean, toilet paper. I haven't had the experience. You check for toilet paper before you go in there. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you, you do. And if it is, maybe you get somebody to help you out. If you worst case scenario, knock on it, or you just wait and just waddle over to the next stall. There's not just one stall. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is I've, this this is making no, your your no. beard curl, <laughs> no. your mustache curl. Uh, the thing I will ask is, obviously, I have not. Have you knocked on a stall and put your hand underneath and have had a handoff of some teepee? No, no, okay. I haven't. All right. Because I well, checked, you, but I'm just saying. Yeah, like, you, you brought it up you as an could... option. That wouldn't be an option to me. I'd rather like I don't. You just you just you'd wait for total silence and then. Yeah. Try and find, just make switch your way to up. the next stall. Yep. I wait for total silence and switch stalls. Hopefully yeah, there's yeah, not a bathroom yeah. attendant there. <laughs> right. Boom. Exactly. Full circle. Boom. That's how we do like it. Like um, it. All right, guys. Let's play. What song have I played for the intros on these? I think I'm playing Torn, right? Natalie and Brulia. If you listen to our, if you listen to our, pos, mm-hmm. our past spots. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Torn. you are. Right. Yeah. Uh, bring us to that, Jim. There's nothing where you used to lie. conversation has one. I'm torn. I'm all out of faith. This 
Alright, uh, top two, bottom two of 2010s. Uh, we did sports the last two, closing this out as we approach 2020. Um, Alright, this week we're jumping into a little bit of pop culture. We're doing movies. Yeah. Um, so I only did movies I watched. We're going to start with bottom two, as we usually do. Like, I keep saying this, not that it gives a shit, but they're not in order. <laughs> so it's just like, what? Right. Do you mean this one, that one, that one, this one? Like, yeah, whatever. They're not in order. <laughs> but it's just like, um, so obviously there's, like, trash movies like Garfield or something that I would, like, I just never yeah. want to see. I, my bottoms were more like, I went and just, like, kind of curious. It's like, oh, like, I'll pay money. I'll go check this out. And walked out and yes. be like, holy shit, how did that get made? Yeah, there has to be an appropriate buzz for me to, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not going to turn on, you know, as much as I didn't like Grown Ups or Grown Ups 2, exactly. I'm not going to, like, throw that into the category. Exactly, because you I, know what you're getting. You're just like, I'm yes. hungover, I just want to be in a dark movie theater, like, this is <laughs> right. a disaster. And those were disasters. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I, do, I do want that noted. Let the record reflect that Most Awesome and Brandana did not enjoy Grown Ups. And the sequel wasn't much better. But somehow we saw them both. Did you see them both? Yes, oh, I did. Man. We I went on the recommendation when we were in North Carolina. Oh, I don't recommendation? think recommendation. Don't call up, that person. Yeah. Oh no, never again. I don't will not trust that person ever again. <laughs> on their judgment, their taste, or anything like that. Well, I guess I, that kind of figures out figures out how Adam Sandler has so much success. Um, all right, bottom two. I have Nocturnal Animals, 2016. Yeah. Um, this was. Uh, the Tom Ford directed movie somehow has 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes me feel like I'm on a little bit of a limb. But again, I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes to take that for what it's well. Real fast, uh, the outline of successful Los Angeles art gallery owner. Idyllic life is marred by the constant traveling of her handsome second husband. While he is away, uh, she is shaken by the relevant manuscript written by her first husband, who she has not seen in years. The manuscript tells the story of a teacher who finds a trip uh, with his family turning into a nightmare. As Susan reads the book, it forces her to examine her past and confront some dark truths. I'm going to be honest. I started to read that paragraph. And I'm like, why did I do this? Like that paragraph is as boring as the movie. It's yeah. it's Amy Adams like trying to act aloof, which is if you ever met an aloof person, it's kind of just it's like me. Uh, you met you met me. You <laughs> I met you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like a little offensive. It's just like, but not offensive. Like when I say something, it just kind of like grinds the gears. I don't. It's. I. I don't think you saw it. It's. It's fucking. I do not see it. I do not see it. And Tom Ford is a fashion designer by trade. Like this is his. Correct. Yes. Directorial debut. How does he it land? Is. How does he? He must be a bullshit artist of the highest order. It's, uh, he's a fashion designer, so clearly he is. But. It's like me being a producer. I'm like, hey, most awesome. You want to come over and see the house I built. And it's yeah. just like, oh, you're an architect. I don't remember you talking about being an architect. It's just like, well, I built yeah, house. Right. there it is. With my I designed house. it myself. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, pass. What do you got? Buddy? Good, good. Uh, I am going to go with Boyhood. This Ooh. Emperor's Clothes of a movie <laughs> is fucking dog shit. I don't care. I don't care. It's all kitsch. It's all, you know, oh, look, we've recorded this over a period of years and la, la, la. It's not good. It's yeah. fucking boring. It's long as fuck. Hey, guess what? You you picked the wrong horse. You Mitch Trubisky'd your kid. He fucking sucks as an actor. <laughs> nice work. Oh, good breakdown, bro. Uh, so I didn't catch that. I always meant to. I don't know what to do. But it's, sometimes those movies are a little bit more about just kind of, oh, this is what we did as opposed to like, this is the story we're telling. 
So you're just yes. saying not not a lot of not a lot of sauce there. No, it's not. It's all about oh, we 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 took this and we we dedicated. I don't know if it was a decade or a year or, or not a year, but uh, you know, a hand, yeah, right. So it's like so that's what everyone's impressed about, and everyone's impressed that they were able to get together and film these little segments and show this kid develop. And I get the the conceptually, it's a great idea. the The concept is great, and I think that's what everyone falls in love with. But the actual product, yeah. Is not that. So once you get past the fluff and the the understanding of, oh, this is really cool and really an interesting take and something we've never seen before in terms of, uh, 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 you know, theater and movie making, then once you see the product and the result, that's what I really kind of, I'm a bottom line guy, B. You're a bottom line guy. I didn't guy. see much there. Very clear about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, we'll call this the AJ Soprano backfire when Oof, you just like yes. hire someone young and you're just like, this ain't working yeah out we gotta we gotta we gotta move on from this kid Can we kill the kid off in the series they'd be like that'd be a little dark it's just like but we'll consider it right right all right my other bottom one is holmes and watson uh the reason this Mm. showed up on my list is sometimes you can pull off with improvising a movie and kind of get away with it but when you assault my intelligence yes and then the other one is i took my nieces and nephews to this and somehow, when, I, I feel like when you bring kids to movies, like we're saying, we were talking earlier before the pod, just like younger kids just kind of like figuring out the world and putting together their processes. I feel like they think I'm giving this movie a thumbs up or like, right. you need You've to see this movie. It. Yeah. And Uncle so Brandon. like, it's dumb. So the, so one fear would be like, oh, they think, you know, their uncle's dumb and doesn't have a good sense of humor. The worst fear would then be in like, oh, my uncle thinks this is funny, so I'm going to think this is funny. I'm going to tell all my friends this is funny, and Ooh. it's going to be the baseline of what I think is funny. You've, so I, in, you've imprinted bad comedy on your nieces exactly. and nephews. So I did – I'm not exaggerating. I had a meeting with him afterwards, and I was like, guys, <laughs> that wasn't a funny movie. It's okay for us to not like things like they just it wasn't funny. Like, uh, what did you not like about it? <laughs> like, as opposed to like, what you like, <laughs> what did you not find funny? Just to really get them thinking about just like you can be critics, like you can judge things, like just because we're all excited about the buzz because Uncle Brandon's in Oklahoma, and we're gonna see a movie. It doesn't mean the movie's good, which it was not. Right, that's so, fuck you, hysterical. I love it that like parents are sitting their kids down, and, like talking <laughs> about like premarital sex and and yeah. cigarettes, and you're like, I don't get to see them a lot. Listen. Holmes and Watson. This is really what matters. <laughs> this is important to me. Uh, this is what I got. This is my my imparting wisdom to you, kids. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Spring Breakers. The uh, I think Spike Jones did this, right? Am I right on this? Do you, know, do you remember this movie? Mm, I do remember it. I don't think it's Spike Jones though. Oh, it's, it's not. Sp- oh, drink everybody. Uh, I'm just. Anyways, so you know you've got uh, James Franco in there, and he's obviously playing the a version of you know who Riff Raff is the 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 white Florida rapper. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, so he's a piece of shit too, and kind of as this like uh, um you know kind of Florida he he gets these girls in here from uh, you know, that are on spring break kind of. Turns him out, gets him to do bad stuff, sell drugs, all this other stuff. Oh, yes, Harmony, uh, Cor- Harmony Corinne, excuse me. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, did kids. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, sl- kids, yes. don't slander Spike Jones on this podcast. Friend oh, yeah, yeah. Podcast. I was thinking of her, which is also kind of a boring ass movie. Too. All right. Well, you, you can't just passively put her on the chopping block. Tell your story. Tell your Spring Breaker story. 
Right, it's just boring. James Franco is like a heightened caricature. I know everyone's like, oh, Selena Gomez being bad and not the, the Disney archetype that we have seen. It just wasn't much of anything. I felt like it had a little, like, you know, edge to it. The the kids' bump was there as well, too. It's now, like, what, you know, modern, modern day uh, spring break teenagers are having to deal with. Uh, it just, it, it, you know, it, it was a bad movie. It wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't I didn't good. I sit it... down the kids and tell them how bad it was, but <laughs> I, I had the same conversation with myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't really thought out. It was more of just like concepts of let's get, yeah, Selena Gomez acting. Let's just have all these girls running around in bikinis the entire time. Let's put a fake yes. grill like on James Franco trying to desperately do his. Um, Oh fuck! I was gonna grab it. Uh, what's the um, the Tarantino movie? Uh, Tarantino the, movie. Yeah, the Quentin Tarantino movie with uh, oh people are screaming at the podcast right now. Uh, with Christian Slater, Tarantino wrote it. Oh, True Romance. True Romance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who is the who is the white actor in True Mo- True Romance that had the grill? Michael Rappaport. No. <laughs> I'll spend time editing this. Oh, this oh, 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 the white boy day guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I've been drinking B. This is bad. I know. Me too, man. This is why I can't. I mean, I'm still going to drink for the... Gary Oldman. All right, there it is. Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah. You think this might be motherfucking white boy day? Man, that's going to be such a great take if I could remember fucking Gary Oldman's name and it didn't take me three <laughs> minutes. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. I... I uh, I, I struggled in line to try and think of Whiplash the other day with J.K. Simmons, and I was like, I can't, why can't, I was like, what, is that Ripshot, Rimshot, what, what is the name of this movie? Yeah, no, I'm I was struggling my fucking ass off. Yeah, and it's like, do you do now, do you actually take the, um, the brain time to think about it? Like, you're just like, my brain needs to get better, or you're just like, fuck it, where's my phone and Google at? Yeah, I I sit there and I'm like, my brain needs to get better. I get I, I get hung up on missing names. Like I yeah. I never I because I know they're there. I can see it. Yeah. The worst part is where you can see it and it just doesn't come to you. Like I can see it. I know what it is. It's a one word. Da-da. I can't get to it. What the? F- why can't it get there? This is not what the, what the audience came for. It's <laughs> yeah. Not an insight into uh, my. They're just like, oh, I didn't see that in the rundown. You're gonna talk about being old. You talk about being old for like 10 minutes. Right. Oh, copy that. Oh, you're washed up? I Dude. get it. You probably don't remember what you're talking about at the top of the pod, but it wasn't fucking this. I'm no struggling. Talking about this. Right, exactly. I'm like Phil Jackson at the end of the Lakers bench, <laughs> just falling asleep on the pod. All right, uh, top two. Uh, so my top two movies are actually uh, from this decade. Are They're both in my top ten of all time. Yes. So I'm going to go. I didn't realize Ooh, really? this top right 10. now. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. The Social Network. 2010, so right there on the cusp. Yes. Uh, this is Aaron Sorkin written, uh, and it's like, you know, the Nine Inch Nails guy, Atticus Ross. Trent Reznor. Like, yeah, Trent I remember Reznor, that. At, boom, Atticus boom. And you drink your potty. I'm, I'm just setting you up. I'm setting you up for just home runs, bro. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's the tightest. There is no fat on that script. Uh, yeah. The movie just takes off from the races. It's got a tone. It just looks. It looks fucking great. I really. I remember seeing the posters for it in L.A. and I was like, a movie about Facebook. Like it just didn't really. Like it was just like they're making a movie about traffic lights. Like it just. I like I couldn't put my brain around like what they're gonna do with it. But it's. Uh, I mean, it's fucking great. It's it's perfectly cast. It's a great fucking movie. 
Yeah, and it, and it introduced you to Army Hammer, where you fell in love with him. I do love like Army him. Hammer. I, also, yeah. like, I love that Army Hammer didn't, I don't know, I like his choices. Like, besides, like, um, what was the Johnny Depp movie? Army Hammer, Johnny Depp, the... Um, oh, the... the Lone the Ranger. Lone, 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 Lone Ranger. Yeah, ah, damn, you beat me to it. Uh, yeah, love it all. Yeah, very good. Uh, I am going to go two movies, and uh, p- people will say what they will. They're, they're the ones that I remember feeling the most in the movie. Or did you give the, both of them, or just one? I just gave one. I'll give the other one. Okay. Uh, I'll do the yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Fucking Scorsese, Scorsese uh, DiCaprio. I, also, I thought I was going to hate this fucking movie, and I did. When I went to yes. see it, like after it came out, I watched it. I was like, it's too long. Like It's indulgent. Like It just... But it's so, I like it doesn't doesn't like change you as a person. It's just it's very. I don't bring this up coincidentally. Obviously, it's on the Rewatchables podcast, which I listened on the walk over here before I had or uh, after I had my like uh, two movies picked. But it's just it's super rewatchable. It's just great and it introduced us to Margot Robbie and Scorsese. Yes, it yeah. did. Yeah, so thank you, thank you for that. Thank you, Scorsese. Um, although she was in Pan Am, that's where I first spotted her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, right. I was cultivated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that is great. Jonah Hill is great in it. I do, I was thinking it, and we could probably, this, we could probably say this for a whole, like, Neo, like, is this, like, peak Leo? Like, is this, like, Leo and all of his, like, charisma, energy, like, comedy? Like, is this all, is this, like, all comes to, well, I think it's, I think fruition it's, uh, in one movie? I think it's Leo showing. Um, that it can do anything. That he's not a product of the system. Like he's not the Tom yeah. Brady to Martin Scorsese's like Bill Belichick. Like you yeah. know, we saw the Aviator. We saw all those kind of like period pieces and everything. And he can do the drama and he can dive into a role. But he just he plays kind of like an everyday man that has to be like um like a douchebag but still likable. And like the character yes. arc is strong. And he fucking goes for it. Like those speeches yeah. are insane. Like when he just yeah like, they get you fired up. Yeah, and he's just like. He's up there. He's just like, oh yeah, like I want to suck you off, Steve. Like he's just like, and he gets everyone right. going. He's just like, gotta knock this out of the fucking park. Like he's just like, he's the yeah. Uh, I'm the, not fucking. I'm not fucking going. No, not, that whole fucking, thing. Yeah, the Quaalude. Uh, when he's on the Quaalude, like he drives back, and he's just like, I don't like press for the scenes, but I. It's like a Leo we that I like really seen, and it's just it's yeah. nice to not be because you could easily dial that in. Not dial it in. I mean, you still give a great performance, but still be a little self-conscious. And I think he yeah. was just like, he went for everything. Yeah. No, it was great. It was good. And it's hard to make such a shitty person, Jordan Belfort, kind of this idealistic character. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to really separate truth from film in this, in this one because Jordan Belfort's a piece of shit. But great film. Good one. I like it. I enjoy it. And you're right. It's the rewatchable quotient is high with that movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to lay down two on you. Uh, I'm going to go with La La Land, which I know the audience is probably shocked because it is more of a musical than anything. Yeah. Uh, I love the music in La La Land, but more so than anything. And I, Did you see La La Land? I don't know if I you saw it. I didn't catch it. You did? Okay. So the ending, and you would love this. As, as a hopeless romantic as you are, B, you love the romantic movies. This movie, like, I remember just walking out of the theater. I don't want to spoil it for you, but the the, the emotion of Emma Stone and, and Roy, Ryan Gosling 
you know, and their journey, like, I, I was perplexed by it. I thought about it. It was one of those movies that made me think about it well after and kind of think about my own, like, personal relationships. And obviously, Dr. Mrs. The Commission and I are solid ground. But it was one of those things. It's like, well, what happened if we didn't? And all this other stuff. And I love it. And I, uh, I just think it's great. It's great that there's dancing. Uh, there's, there's The music's fantastic. The, the girls love La La Land, it's what we put on the car. They love it. And I, the music's great. I think it's a, it's entertaining, thought-provoking, and makes you feel. I can't think of a, a movie that does all three uh, quite as well as that one. All right. I like, uh, I like Emma Stone. I like Ryan Gosling. And Crazy Stupid Love. Ooh, that's, that's on the outskirts of my list. Ooh. Another one on the outskirts of my list. Did you notice that uh, I did not have A Star is Born? Which sucks. It was on my list, but... It got knocked out by uh, social. the social network. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough, tough, man. It's really hey, you know what? There's always next decade, uh, right? I know. I feel like it's with you. Stars uh, born for the sixth time, uh, and then Room. Brie Larson is fucking phenomenal in Room. Again, it's one of those ones where I was the the tension of that film is unbelievable. Obviously, being a parent, you can feel for it. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see this one either? I did. I don't know if you yeah. saw this. You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an unbelievable, like, you're just on the edge of your seat when she rolls her son up into the carpet, the, the yeah. carpet and you're just like, oh my God, is he going to be able to do this? And he's reaching out to the woman. I mean, it's it, there's nothing more tense than I can think of, and that's it, initially when I thought about it, and I was going down my list of many things, Room was the one that stood out to me and just just put me back exactly where I was when I was watching it. And I could feel myself in that moment watching that movie. Phenomenal. Yeah. So it's a little bit of the foxhole movie, right? And it's hard to do those correctly because you're, you're playing on dangerous waters. Cause you're just like, if I don't like pull these people in, like they're just going to yeah. be fucking bored. Cause we're just in this room and then they, uh, they don't, uh, you know, get bailed out. It, it, I mean, VO works for some movies, obviously it works for Wolf of Wall Street, but there's not like, right. it's not in room. So it's just kind of like, we're putting the pieces together as we go. Like there's kind of like the lurking, like, you know, like the, the villain of the movie, which we don't get introduced yeah. to immediately when we're kind of yeah. like, we're figuring this out kind of like, we're almost like the kid in the scenario, right? Like we're putting yes. together like what the situation is. And then you're right. Like it's building all for this climatic, uh, climatic. Clim- am I saying climactic climactic? climactic? Yeah. Crazy. Ooh, man, we are <laughs> both. It doesn't work when we both drink. It's just like yes. one of us. Oh, uh, yeah, building up to this, like, uh, suspense one. I think, you know, that's what you watch movies for, to see ultimate suspense. Did you see it in the theater, or did you watch it at home? Watch it at home. Yeah, yeah watch it at home. But still, like, it's, to I, me, there are yeah. movie, I watch it at home too. theater this, quality movies. This is asking, like, are you, like, are you and Dr. Mrs. Commission, like, when you put on a movie that you guys are going to watch together, are you super disciplined? Like, obviously, with kids, like, the pause button does come into play, but are you just, like, sometimes if you're really, like, we want to see this movie, you didn't down the lights and kind of, like, really set it up, like, all right, we're watching together? Or is it always yes. just kind of, like, a constant, like, uh, like, kind of in the background of, but there's probably some oh, movies no, no. that are just, like, we're going to watch this together. Yeah, yeah. Our, our TV habits are totally segmented. It's, like... Everything between the hours of 5.30 in the morning till 9 at night are kid-appropriate PG and under shows, if at all. Yeah. And then uh, 9 o'clock, that's when, uh, that's, that's, oh, yeah. Dr. Mrs. The Commission, yeah. and it's awesome after dark, you know what I mean? That's where <laughs> like, you get to roll everything out after dim that. lights. <laughs> turn, turn on that premium cable. 
Um, that was right. All right, brother. Let's get uh, let's get into it. The Impulsive Showdown. We're up against it. We'll get it done, folks. You've seen us do it before. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. All right. Neapolitan Showdown. Best Christmas songs. I know you sent this to me. I'm glad we're running out of time. I don't know if I like that many Christmas songs. I have three. I don't, but we've also talked about this before. I don't know if I like the music. Yes. I'm glad it. I'm glad it exists because everyone else seems to like music so much. If I woke up tomorrow and it was just like, hey, uh, so music expired. It doesn't exist anymore. I would be okay. I'd be more. Than yeah. Okay. I'd try. Yeah. I mean, it's nice in the background. Obviously, I just I just named La La Land for its music, and I appreciate it and how much we listen to it. Yeah. But for the most part, if I didn't, if I never had La La Land in my life or, or music in general, I'd be fine with sports talk radio. I'd be fine with any talk radio. Yeah. I wouldn't really care. My day wouldn't dramatically change. Good. All right. Uh, that being said, I got Grandma got ran over by a reindeer as my number yes. three because this brings up kind of what the Christmas spirit is about. Like, uh, just kind of, I, I remember listening to it with, my dad had the tape, listening to my brother, and we'd like sing along, and we'd kind of laugh, because it's kind of like a silly song, and it's just like, it's got that nice kind of wholesome feeling to it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I went with my number three. I went with Silver Bells, Bing Crosby, because it's high on the most awesome singability chart, right? Uh, and yeah. that crooner thing, I don't really yeah. have to hit the notes, no. just sing Silver Bells, yeah. you know? I can just see, that was fucking crisp. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. lie. Nailed it. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's easy. It, it feels very Christmassy without being, like, obtrusive or kitschy. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's not elevator music either. It's just kind of nice in the background. Makes me feel Christmassy, uh, which, you know, when I don't want to unwrap presents in front of you, I can appreciate. All right, perfect. Uh, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. I was a big fan. I was eight. So I'll give myself eight points. Um, seems like the octave that you have to dominate to sing Silver Bells is 0.5 of an octave. They That's range right. around in. So uh, 0.5 to 8. Get deep. Uh, All right. Number two, I'll do Carol of the Bells. So I want to bring up this point. Like, there's some Christmas songs that kind of have like a, it's like a dark vibe to them. Yeah, yeah. Not like dangerous, yeah. but it's just like, and what are, I know we're talking about like, you know, Jesus being born, everything couldn't find a major and stuff. Like it's like it's not, not like a super feel good story. And like some of these Christmas songs, right. like kind of hit on just kind of like a little ominous. So it's like, do, 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 do. and this one has like an urgency that builds up. So it's just it's a well sculpted jam. Christmas yeah, you jam. like it. It's powerful. Yeah, you like it. You're like grandma's getting run over. Yeah, Carol dark <laughs> ominous things. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm gonna go with number two with a classic. Everyone loves this. It's probably the best, like, kitschy Christmas song. I'm going to go with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. It's easy. Again, the lyrically challenged, most awesome. I can remember most of those lyrics. It's also got a little reindeer empowerment vibe. I like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, absolutely, yeah. 
<laughs> reindeer empowerment. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, it's it's an underdog story, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> right. It helps teach the kids, you know, if you're different than other ones. Else, oh, I like it. I like it when I catch you. That's I like true. It. That's true. That's it's pretty good. Uh, so, do you uh, with or without like the alternate? Like, aren't there little like the little lyrics you can do afterwards? Like jing. Oh wait, that's jingle bell. Wait, Rudolph it. Jingle bells. Had yeah. a very shiny nose, like a light bulb. Light bulb. Yeah, there's that. Saw, yeah. Saw, you saw say it. it glows. Okay. Um, yeah. There's that. There's the the jingle bells. Batman smells. Robin yeah. laid an egg, yeah. which is wild because my ten and eight year old nieces they know that. It's one of those things where it's like that stuff gets passed down. Like no, no, no. Yeah, I was that? eight when I learned that. Yeah. How does that get turned over? I guess it's probably through their parents. But how did like cross continent like or you know how does it all get passed through? I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right, so Carol of the Bells is dark, so the sun goes down right now, like 4 p.m. Give myself right. four points for that. Uh, and then you had Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer uh, empowerment. I laughed for probably 40 seconds straight, so we'll give you 40. So um, yeah, I'm still ahead. Okay, so my number one: simply having a wonderful Christmas time. That is, that's just like, do you know that song? Simply I don't think having a wonderful Christmas oh yeah, yeah, time. yeah thank you yeah thank you yeah it's got like the little um it's not like it's not synthesizer but I think it is like it's just, it's it's a little goofy but it just that is by far like heads and tails above everything else for favorite Christmas song yeah okay I like it so I'm gonna go with my number one I'm gonna go with Jingle Bell Rock. I love the little guitar intro. It's nice. It's got that kitschy little 50s, 60s vibe in there. Also written, uh, sang by Bobby Helms, but the song was written by Joe Beal Beal and friend of the pod, James Ross Booth. I don't know if that actually is the same guy, but (laughs) I'll give him a bonus point for that. (laughs) Thank you, guest James Booth, for... Giving us episode, what was it, 12, and also Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> He's been around the block. Um, all right, brother, I'm going to score this out real fast. I said before that we did this, I had the silent score in my head, and the score was going to be whoever sang the most lyrics, which was you. So you Ooh. have the W, bro. Way to go for it. I can tell if you're going to be snobby about it. You're like, I like this. No, I don't sing. But you just like, ding, 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 ding. Got the victory. Yeah, exactly. Well done, Beautiful. I appreciate um, it. I like it. All right, guys, I, feel, we're I feel vindicated. Super up against it. Thanks for hanging. Um, yeah. Let's do our MVP of the week real fast. So I want to get to this last week. I gave it to Much Deserve Bing, friend of the podcast. Always light up our inbox. So much appreciated. Yes. Tie back to that. Happy 40th. Bra. Um, Bra. I did want to do Bra. this. Bra. The story of the grandmother. I don't remember this from a couple years ago. Uh, it was a grandmother that was inviting her grandson for thanksgiving text the wrong guy and then she still invited him and came over uh they're still doing that yes he showed he showed up the last thanksgiving for their fourth thanksgiving together in a row it is uh wanda dench and uh jamal hinton celebrating their fourth thanksgiving together because of a wrong text message i fucking just love that this is yes this is what the holiday season is all about about. I love it. I love it. I love people coming together. Beautiful. Um, I'd like to thank Walt Disney as my MVP for inviting us to Disneyland. Uh, he didn't really invite us. We paid lots of money to come here. Uh, no, big shout outs to Dr. Mrs. The Commish, uh, Dr. Sister-in-law of Most Awesome, 
they're my MVPs of the week. They put this whole trip together. The kids love it. They came up with all the plans, all the fast passes, the itineraries, everything. I'm just a humble servant. I'm a pack mule, just moving shit along. They did a fantastic job. It's the... The trip's not over, so maybe I shouldn't. It's preemptive, but I'm assuming it's all going to go well. But it was great. They did a great job, and uh, kids love it. It's fantastic, and uh, I love them. All right. Awesome, brother. Well, me and the – I'll speak on behalf of the Nomabbers. We've gobbled up enough of your time. Thanks for sneaking up in the hotel room, making episode 93 happen. 93 in a row, brother. Congratulations to you. Yeah, hell yeah. It may be sports podcast. Shoot us an email. It may be sports podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Audience for episode 94, Brandana and I are going to have a little Ginkmab Podloba in our system <laughs> so we can remember stuff. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.